Hey, good morning. My name's Gary. If we haven't had a chance to meet yet, I'm one of the pastors here. Welcome to the meeting place, and thanks for coming out and spending some of your Sunday morning with us. Uh, Today we're kicking off a new series called History Makers, where we're going to be exploring the idea that you and I can be a part of something bigger than we could ever imagine. And I'm going to kick it off by asking a question just for you to think about. Have you ever wanted to do something but you passed up on the opportunity because you didn't think you had what it takes. You didn't have the resources, the money, the time, the good looks, whatever. Uh, Kyle McDonald, we're going to tell you a story about this guy named Kyle McDonald. He had a dream to own a house. Just one problem. He didn't have a job. He didn't have uh, access to a trust fund or parents that had a few hundred thousand dollars kicking around that they could give him. What he did have was a paper clip and a crazy idea. One day as he sat at his computer contemplating life and what he was going to do back in his house in Montreal, uh, he looked and he spied a red paper clip on his desk. And he thought, I wonder if I could trade this for something better, bigger. And so he put it on a website And he got a response almost immediately from a pair of young women from Vancouver who offered to trade him a pen that looks like a fish. Kyle then took the pen that looked like a fish and he traded it for a doorknob, a handmade doorknob, from a potter in Seattle. He then traded the doorknob for a camp stove. He took the camp stove, put it on the website, and made a deal with a U.S. Marine sergeant in California for a 1,000-watt generator. He then took the generator, threw it up on the website, and made a trade for an empty beer keg and a Budweiser beer sign. He then took that keg and Budweiser beer sign, and he traded it for a snowmobile that... uh, a local radio disc jockey had and he took that <laughs> and he treated to get this for an afternoon with rock star alice cooper of all things <laughs> and then he took that and traded it for a kiss snow globe any kiss fans out there that led to a paid role in a movie called donna on demand by actor that was directed by actor corbin bernson On his website, aptly named One Red Paperclip, Kyle McDonald said this. He says, now I'm sure the first question running through your mind is, why would Corbin Burnson trade for a role in a film for a Kiss snow globe? Well, he went on to say, Corbin happens to be arguably one of the biggest snow globe collectors on the planet. That transaction resulted in the town of Kipling, located in Saskatchewan, offering Kyle a house in exchange for the role in the movie. Pat Jackson, then mayor of Kipling, said, we're going to show them the house, we're going to give them the keys to the house, and we're going to give them the keys to the town, and then we're just going to have some fun. And then the town is going to hold a competition for the role in the movie. And that's how a guy with no job and nothing to offer except a red paperclip ended up one year and 14 trades later with a house. Is that not a crazy story? 
Uh, Although it's somewhat narcissistic in nature, because he's looking out for himself, it's a great example of one of the foundational principles of life that we all know to be true to some extent. Small things can lead to big things. I mean, after all, a large ocean wave begins as just a ripple. The journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. Author and mathematician Werner Vinge once said this, even the largest avalanche is triggered by small things. And poet Julie Carney penned these words, a small drop makes a mighty ocean. Now the Bible even gets in on this, where we read in the New Testament, a book called James, it only takes a spark, remember, to set off a forest fire. A drop of water, a puff of wind, a spark... A red paperclip, small things, seemingly negligible significance can be the catalyst that puts into motion a series of events that can have far-reaching impact. But isn't it strange how, like many things in life, we miss that connection? At times we completely miss how our small actions, our small offerings... Can, or contributions, whatever they happen to be, can lead to massive results. And so often, we, we just tend to abandon that logic, that principle, that, that reality, whatever you want to call it. And often, we just choose to keep our life safe and predictable. You know, for me, when I'm faced with an opportunity, and when I hear there's a, a need to be met, or an opportunity that I could jump into, often, this, this, it's like a, a switch gets flipped in my head. And I start buying into that whole go big or go home mentality. You know, I'm convinced that any small steps, any small action, any small offering I have to offer isn't going to make any difference in the end anyway. So why bother? And I rationalize in my head. I have these, these conversations in my head. It's, you know, it's just a little thing. Like, what difference? It's not going to matter if I do it or don't do it. Or I think this quite often. You know what? Someone else will do it. I don't need to do it. Someone else will do it. You know, maybe you've, you've found that perspective. Maybe you've had that little conversation in your head yourself. And if you have, that's okay, you know, because it's something that people have grappled with for years, thousands of years. Uh, Jesus' closest followers grappled with the whole idea that small things can have a big impact, especially when God's involved in it. I'm going to share a story. Uh, it's recorded in the Bible in uh, one of the Gospels, a book called John in the New Testament. Um, and John writes, a, records this account that happened when Jesus and all of his, his close followers, his disciples, are faced with this monumental task of feeding 5,000 hungry people. And it all happened one day when Jesus is teaching on a large hillside. This large, large crowd had gathered to listen to him teach. And... The day was getting late, sun was starting to go down, and Jesus noticed that the people were getting hungry. The kids were no doubt getting restless, probably getting a little hangry. If you have kids, you know what I mean. And so Jesus turns to his disciples and he says, hey guys, we need to feed these people. One of the, one of the disciples, a guy named Philip, pulls the, you know, the captain obvious, and he informs Jesus, like, we got no food, dude. Uh, and to buy bread, which was back then was the cheapest, most accessible staple of food. He said, for us to even buy bread would take eight months wages. 
And that's when Andrew, another guy that was there, chimes in and says, Hey, here's a boy with five small barley loaves and two small fish. I love how Andrew emphasizes the size of the bread and the fish. Twice he uses the word small. But if you're honest, would it made much difference if it was foot-long, you know, Italian herb and cheese? Probably not, right? But then Andrew says what we all tend to say when we look at what we have to offer. But what good is that with this huge crowd? In other words, what possible difference could this measly offering of food actually make to a crowd this size? And isn't that the tension that we've all felt or will feel at some point as we follow Christ? You know, as people who deep down really want to make a difference in the world, you know, see a change in the world like the man saying, where we want to create a place, a space where people can come and and feel and experience God's grace and love just like we have. And often we see or hear of a need and we, and it, something takes notice in you and you think, oh man, I'd love to help out. You know, it's almost like you get that divine nudge to just go do something, but we talk ourselves out of it. We just think what we have to offer just won't make any difference. Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. And then Jesus took the loaves and gave thanks to God and distributed them to the people. And afterward, he did the same with the fish. And I love this line. And they all ate as much as they wanted. You know, for me, there's nothing worse than going to a barbecue or a picnic or some kind of outing when the food's kind of touch and go. I used to experience this all the time as a, as a little kid. And I'd go to picnics with my parents and... My mom would always say, you know, she'd look at the food all lined up, and I'm, I'm standing there with my plate and my fork ready to go, and she's like, now just be careful, don't take too much. There's lots of people that haven't eaten yet, and they're all coming in behind you, and I'm just like, oh, man, what a drag. It's like there's hamburgers and hot dogs and stuff. I just want to eat. After everyone was full, oh, that sounds like a barbecue I want to go to, Jesus told the disciples, now gather the leftovers so nothing is wasted. I love leftovers, and they are totally biblical to keep and eat. So I'm just saying, okay? If you don't like leftovers, we'll come and talk to me. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. I mean, what a cool story. And it, it kind of stands uh, in the face of how our world often trumpets the big, the influential, the famous, the powerful, the strong. And we often look to them, whether they're individuals or organizations, and we want them to help out because, after all, they've got more clout. They've got more influence. They have more resources. They have more time. But here's the thing. When it comes to God, He often chooses to work through the small things, the seemingly insignificant And as cool as that miracle is, it's one of the only miracles recorded in all four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. I've often wondered what would have happened had that young boy not offered his measly lunch made up of some bread and fish. What if he looked at what was required and then looked at his paltry sack lunch that his mom made and decided, well, this isn't going to make any difference. This isn't enough. 
I mean, we don't know, but it's interesting to think about, right? How might have things been different for those that were there that day had he said no? 1944. That was the year a lady, someone whose name nobody now knows or remembers, shared with another lady named B. Evans the good news of Jesus and his unconditional love, mercy, and grace. Beatrice Evans was my grandmother on my mother's side. And that day she accepted Christ's offer of forgiveness, which then led to her husband, the man I'm named after, Gary Evans, coming to the place where he too decided to let God love him and accepted Christ's offer of forgiveness. That, in turn, resulted in my mom making the same decision And because of that, so did her future husband, my dad, Tom. All of which resulted in my sisters and I going to church, where I met a man named Mr. Marks, who attended the same church we did. Mr. Marks, it's the only name I've ever known this man by. I I don't even think he has a first name. But he took an interest in me and a bunch of my friends uh, that, went to, that I went to church with. And I remember he would have us over to his house. After working a, a, you know, a full week, he would have us over to his house on a Friday night or a, a, all day Saturday. He would take us on these Saturday trips. But he would have us over, and his wife would make us lemonade and snacks, and then he would take us down into his basement, his workshop, where he, had, he patiently taught us. I mean, we're all like 12 years old, and you can imagine 12-year-old boys around tools. It's like herding cats. It was like we were all over the place. But patiently, he just, he just taught us how to use a handsaw and a hand plane and hand drills and chisels. And he helped us craft these wooden cars and boats. And I remember this one time. He, he took us, uh, he restored this VW van. And it was beautiful. And he, and he took us to this lake somewhere out by Whistler. I can't remember the name of the lake. Uh, and on the top of this van, he had two kayaks that he had built by hand. They were beautiful varnish, you know, all the strip wood, just gorgeous uh, kayaks. And he took us there so we could just paddle around and have some fun. Well, boys being boys, we quickly grew bored of just kind of round in circles. And so an afternoon of paddling nicely through the lake morphed into a floating version of bumper cars. And we started ramming and crashing into each other. Not once did he say anything as chunks of varnish and paint and wood just flew in every direction. He just loved us, and it was evident by the big smile he had on his face as he sat on the beach and watched us. Mr. Marks, an average guy just making his way through life, who offered what little he had. But those little things that he did for me and for my friends had a huge impact on me and my life. And in the end, it resulted in me becoming open to the possibility that God could love me too. And he might be able to guide me and lead me to help make a difference in this world. Yeah, I, I think of that lady who shared God's love with my grandmother that afternoon. She has no idea 
the chain of events that she put into motion. You know, that unknown lady was simply open to the possibility of God working through her by making herself available to have someone over for a simple cup of tea. I mean, how mundane does that seem? Like, what difference could that possibly make? But it began a cascading effect, which in the end has led me to being here this morning. What about you? Are you open to that same possibility? To take a step and help out, respond to a need that you hear about? Even though the argument in your head is that I've got nothing to offer. I've got no skill set in that area. or I don't have the time. I only have a little few minutes here and there. You know, I, I, one thing I would love to be able to do is uh, go back in time and find out who it was that shared the message of Christ's love with the lady who told my grandmother. And then find out who shared it with her. And just keep tracing the line back. And as I thought about that, it stirred up a lot of emotion for me because I imagined for just one second what, it would be, what my life would be like today if any one of those people in that chain had said, no, I have nothing to offer. It's not going to make any difference whatsoever. You know, I really believe that you and I are here. We've been led here today by a power greater and higher than us. And sitting here right now, you know, you may be thinking, yeah, I hear what you're saying. But here's the thing. We have no idea, no idea of seeing how our small actions, our, our small offerings, when done through the love and power of Jesus Christ, have, have the power to impact this world. We can't even begin to imagine. We got a great example. So I'm going to get you to check this video. It's by somebody we all know. Her name's Maddie. Check this out. So growing up in Kids Place, I feel like was really a positive experience overall. And I always really enjoyed Sunday morning activities and the crafts and the things that we would learn. But I think that the stuff that stuck with me the most was probably the stuff that was outside of the scheduled Sunday morning activities when like a leader would invite me to go grab coffee in the lobby with her before the service started or you know just the little things like them smiling at me in the hallway or just recognizing that I was there I think those little extra things were what really stuck with me and it's the that foundation that I had in kids place that I think was that community at TMP that has stuck with me and just continued to grow as I've gotten older. I also make the weekly preview videos that are shown every Sunday morning at TMP and have used my graphic design skills to create some materials as well, such as mailers and stuff like that. So it's really cool that no matter where your skills lie, they can be used to further the impact that TMP has in our community. Anyone considering volunteering, I would say just try it. You never know where it's going to lead or the relationships that you're going to make. And I think the impact that you have the opportunity to make as a volunteer is much bigger than you may ever be able to see. Isn't that a great story? From right here in the meeting place. You know, just a, a smile in the hallway. An offer to go grab a coffee in the lobby. You know, the little things that we think are so inconsequential that they don't even matter. So oftentimes we don't even do them. And here we got Maddie doing the preview, like she said, and using some of the schooling she's done, her graphic design. We've got kids up here playing drums and piano, 
all because somebody took a chance and said, I don't know what I have to offer, but I'm going to take a chance. And here's the thing. It all comes down to a decision, a belief. The belief that God has more ability than we could ever imagine to take whatever we have to offer and use that to set into motion a chain of events that could impact this church, this city, and the world. Yeah, it's easy to think, you know, what we have to offer won't make a difference, that I don't have the skill set. But the truth is, regardless of what we think we have or don't have to offer, whether it's a tiny lunch, a few words of encouragement, a few minutes of time, a cup of tea, or even a red paperclip, when we offer it to God, it's more than enough. Really glad you're here with us this morning on this journey, and we're going to be talking about more about this, opportunities to jump in and help out and be a part of this community, uh, and really glad you're here. Let's pray. God, sometimes it's so easy to talk ourselves out of um, stepping into something that maybe makes us feel uncomfortable, and, and we don't think we're qualified, we don't have the skill set, we don't have the time, uh, the resources, whatever it happens to be, and just, and just hang back. But it's in those places when we step out of that comfort zone and trust you that that's where you can show up. And we hear stories uh, like we heard this morning and stories I've heard so many around this church of that one person that made that phone call, reached out somehow, wrote a note of encouragement that just set into motion somebody coming here and having their whole life transformed. And so I just encourage all of us to, to just think about where it is we're serving And if we're not, maybe a place we can jump in, become a part of this community at a level that we've never been at before. Uh, This church is your idea, uh, but we're plan A, and it's it's made up of people just making their way through life together, linking arms, and focusing our hope on you. And we thank you for the opportunity we have to do that, and we pray this in your name. Amen.